Episode 50 of Your Daily Dose. Holy guacamole. I'm Nick, and it is one of my greatest joys to get to this milestone. It has never seemed like work, and it's something I could see myself doing for another 500 episodes. Bob and I thought we would play five of our favorite conversations so you could binge on your way to work, to play, or wherever life is taking you. Oh, and make sure to stay tuned to the very end for a incredibly special outtake. Enjoy. Bob, why don't we say happy Monday? I or do. Why, do, why do we say it most of the time it's sarcastic? Yeah, I think it's offered that way very often. When I say happy Monday, I mean it. And it's because Monday's like the most maligned day of the week. It's the hated day of the week. It's the black sheep of the week. And and I don't know why that is. Well, I think it's because you have to go back to work. You have to go to work and everybody hates work and everybody's supposed to hate work. I think that's it. I think that's the key to why people hate Mondays. They don't really hate Mondays. They hate what they're doing for their livings. Yeah. And if they just figured out a way to do something they love, Monday would be the most glorious, excellent experience of their universe. I, it sounds silly to say you would flip it on its ear, but Monday could be the new Friday. And I think it's a matter of us, one, finding stuff we like to do and for a living. Uh, and two, just controlling our attitudes and not getting in the habit of hating a day just because it happens to end your glorious weekend. Do you think that part of it is like almost peer pressure? Right? Like we're... <laughs> I mean, societally, culturally, we're expected to not like it. Do you, you know, office space, you, somebody's got a case of the Mondays, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, it's like a curse word. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so you'd be ridiculed for enjoying a Monday. They'd be like, you Monday lover, right? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it, yeah. Well, guess what? I'd rather be a Monday lover and enjoy one more day of the week than they do. You know, you can choose to suffer. You know, pain, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. And I think there are a lot of people... Who put themselves? I know people that start suffering three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon because Monday's coming. It's not Godzilla. It's the next day of the week. So self-fulfilling prophecy, basically. Right. If you expect a monster, what do you think is going to show up at your yeah. door? You know. So let's let's be cool to Monday. Let's make Monday a friend. Okay. So it's Monday right now. People are listening to this. On yeah. Monday. High five your Monday, people. Go make out with your no. You Why not really make out it. with your Monday? Make Sl- out with slip your it Monday. a little tongue. I make think out it, Mondays. Yeah. It's a new thing. It's a new thing. Let's start that right now. I want it. Make out Mondays. Yes. Go Kissing good idea. Mondays. Go and high five. Just go around and high five everybody at work. You don't have to buy like cake and chocolates every time. Right. Be the Monday difference. Yeah. Guess what? You could be the person that walks into the office and makes Monday an awesome day for somebody else if you want to. I like that. All right. Let's make I'm it inspired by the listener. Because they're going to go do that right now. I, I want to hear the stories of people making Monday magical. Oh my gosh. Tell us about how you made out with Monday. Come on. Come Hashtag on. Hashtag make out Monday. Give it up. Kiss and tell. I'm not into self-judgment. You're not? I actually reject it. And I encourage other people to do that too. It seems like something that would be super you would be into yeah like everybody else is really into it no i mean it's it's It's, not great self-judgment is like a bad boyfriend is what it is it waits for you to do something wrong and then it points it out and who needs that that's i'll I'll be honest i really have no use for self-judgment in my improv classes one of the first things that i teach my students is to stop judging themselves because the rule in improv is if you catch yourself watching yourself Mm -hmm. you catch yourself sucking 
because that means that you're not in the moment. And I just feel like it's a big waste. It's a waste of a step. Uh, it's a waste of energy. It's like you can just use that energy to do whatever you're trying to do better rather than judging yourself for it. And I'm not talking about evaluating. I'm talking about judging. You know, the this is good, this is bad. I am The way good. I look, the way I act, yeah. the way I've done this thing. What I just did. Yeah. You know, and guess what? We're all going to screw up, but that self-judgment adds a layer of yuck that I don't think we need. And uh, and I also find that people who really self-judge also judge other people pretty harshly as well. And it's such a cool thing just to be able to stop stop judging yourself and then stop judging other people. Well, let me ask you this because we when you're talking about sports, right, from a sports analogy, this is what I'm thinking mm-hmm. kind of is in the same line. You talk about basketball and you talk about the great shooters and what you have to do is forget your last shot. Yeah. Whether it went in or whether it missed. Because if you start getting hung up on that, it's going to affect your next shot. Yeah, right? it was just a shot is the thing. It's yeah. they're, they're, They are mutually exclusive unless we make them otherwise. That's the same thing with a bad improv scene. You, you, you have to flush that out because you have a fresh chance every time you do it to do it right. But we hold on to stuff, right? And yeah. we assume that it wasn't just a bad shot. I'm a bad shooter. Right. And what does a bad shooter do? Well, I'm going to show you with my next shot. And I feel like it's it, we have to step out of that loop because it is a way of making us f- first feel bad about ourselves and then perform more poorly because we're so judged. It's you know I I have an issue with judgment as well when it comes to doing tai chi. I really don't like it when my tai chi master is standing right in front of me, watching everything I do because in my mind I assume he's judging what I'm doing, and rarely in a really good way, because he's, he moves like the wind, and I move like, you know, a gas bag of sorts. Uh, still wind, just not quite as connected to the universe. Sure. But anyways, that judgment, um, it, it even allows, it even interferes with my brain when it comes to assuming other people are judging. And it's not to say that we don't need some level of judgment in our lives, and like how I said that, judgment. Judge. Because dread. we do yeah. have to judge. Dread. We do have to judge at things for the quality, for safety, for a lot of things. But it's the Well, judging. that's the evaluation part. Yeah, yeah. Right? You can be self-evaluating. Yeah. We can listen to this after we're done and go, oh, I could have done this a little bit better. Undoubtedly. And, and then you do better. Yeah. And this is the thing. The, the extra step of self-judgment is unnecessary. You can... Look at what you've done, evaluate it, and then decide to do it differently and make it about the activity rather than the actor. Right. And I think it, going back to that shot thing, you're just going to have to keep going. I think podcasting is a really interesting concept for that because you're never going to have a perfectly produced, everyone says exactly what you want to say. Even if it's scripted, it's not going to be perfect. You're going to find something in the future that would have allowed you to do it better faster, more interestingly, a better word here or there, like once you go back and listen to it, but you have to just keep going. You do. And otherwise you don't come up with a product. Yeah. You know, you get paralyzed by, by seeking perfection. And why, why do that? I think it's a lot more fun to go out there with all our bumps and foibles and warts and, and work it out and actually work it out in public. Cause I think people are empowered when they see imperfection working, you know, Hey, like us. Perfectly imperfect. (laughs) 
the Bob and Nick story. Oh, finally, when we get our Lifetime movie, I want it to be called that. <laughs> Can we do that? I, absolutely, with a little ribbon heart that goes around both of our portraits. Yep, yep. I, I know. It. I know Lifetime is a big listener of this podcast. <laughs> so the opportunity is there, Lifetime. The We're ready. It. We're ready to sign on all of the dotted lines. The love is real. <laughs> you just need to put it up there. We went and had, uh, I think this is the happiest that my son could have made my dad was this past weekend. Oh, tell me about that. What happened? It was amazing. So we were out uh, with my mom. My parents are divorced and my dad's a little bit of a pack rat. So we were out with my mom shopping and I saw a suit jacket, light gray. And I said, Miller, try that on. My son's name is Miller. He's 16. And I didn't think he would try it on because he's a t-shirt, jeans kind of guy, shorts, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. He basically dresses like I do. It's a teenager. Yeah. And he tries it on and he goes, oh, I like this. Like, this could be part of my new look. Well, oh, we're reinventing ourselves for 2020, I guess. So, wow. Uh, but, but in a jacket, that's yeah, not, in is a that jacket. a thing? Is that coming back or is he starting to style? I, I think he's just starting it. And he goes something about uh, jackets and sweatpants. I'm like, that would be actually, <laughs> if you could start that for adults, I would really like that. <laughs> how, about just a, how about a suit just made out of sweat material? I mean, it's the exact same. I think same. it's out there. It really? I think it's out there. I think it exists. I think we should do that. But that is interesting. But, okay, so, so tell me, how's that dad going to go back. Um, I was like, oh, you know, we should go to th- some thrift shops and stuff. So we get to my dad's house, and I could never take his clothes. We're not even close to being the same size. My dad is a, a five six, five seven, and I'm a little over six foot. And he's, he's built, like he's you know, bigger than me. He's solid. Mm-hmm. And I'm was a lot skinnier. And now I'm a, a little bit more solid in my elder years. But he's a pack rat, as I mentioned earlier. So I was like, hey, you guys, do you want to go to a thrift store? Miller's looking for a suit. He wants a jacket. And my dad's eyes light up and he starts digging around in his closet and start pulling out all these circa 1985 suits <laughs> that he bought in this suit buying spree that he had back in the day. But they were his suits. They're though. his That's suits worn maybe three times his entire life. So instead of getting a jacket from a stranger at a thrift store, yeah. now your dad is giving your son a jacket. Did he you find one ended up, He ended up taking three jackets. <laughs> My dad just called me. This was yesterday. My dad just called me to say... Hey, I think I found some more stuff. Oh, I, I mean, he was love it. digging through. Let me show you these belts. These are these eel skin belts that I've had. And so Miller was trying them on. What about this silk shirt? And, you know, my dad has to be about the where it came from and the valuation and of it. My dad so is it's, the exact same thing. It's all about the brand. Yeah. And so yeah. this was $50 back in the day. And this is 100% silk. And this one cost me $1,500 Canadian back in the day <laughs> wow it was it was so much fun to how just cool watch the that? two of them and how into it my son was like that made my dad's year when was the last time that your son showed that much interest in your dad i mean i mean I, i'm sure he Not loves much. his grandfather yeah, but it's yeah, like yeah. but they were both on a mission together yeah to accomplish and the other thing is your dad actually 
got an activity out of it after you guys left because he still thought about it, right? He was feeling so good about the experience, he wanted to continue it. And so he continued looking, because he loves his grandson, uh, for other things to fill that in. And I think that's, that's like a beautiful metaphor for some kind yeah. of bridge between the generations. I well, love that. the downside is, because we had to drive back with all that stuff in the car, is my car now smells like suits and eel skin belts. <laughs> so I got to air it out a little bit, but I'm okay with that. Guess what? I'm good. Get, I'm good with that. Get a pine tree and feel the love. <laughs> you're, you're an artist out in the world. You mm-hmm. do art out in the environments. Everywhere. Uh, you do the chalk art all over the place, but we just unrolled, unfurled, this big banner, this huge piece of paper that you have out oh, in the garage. Oh, yes. The Maker Fair banner. So the Maker Fair. so incredible. I oh, got was... this great picture of it, and so we can share that as well. But the story behind it kills me because it's it was the perfect place for this to happen. It was so organic. It was incredible. But your reaction at first was exactly the reaction I would have had. It's so, a parent reaction, right? That's, that's yeah. how it is. Okay, so, so this is how it works. I am drawing at the Maker Fair. Uh, my good friend Ian Cole had asked me to do a mural, just a real-time improvised mural in ink that might thrill, you know, the Maker Fair participants. And so I bring a scroll of paper, thinking I'm going to put it on the wall. As it turns out, there's no wall at the Maker Fair. I'm in the middle of, you know, a show space. And so I create a makeshift wall out of a couple of tables, and I I lay some paper on those tables, and I'm starting to draw upright. And I have a scroll of paper on the ground just sitting there, and I have a box, big box of markers sitting on the ground. And after probably an hour of drawing on these table walls, I look down, and I see a couple of kids have taken markers out of my bucket and have started to draw on the paper that was exposed from the scroll. This is like a 40-foot scroll of paper, and they've Mm -hmm. just taken two feet of it and have drawn all over it. My first reaction was, hey, like, kids, get off my lawn, right? Put those markers back in the bucket. Nobody yeah. invited you to use them. And that's my paper. That costs money. Those, that was like the ignisecond thought. The artist in me took over like a second later, and I'm glad, where I was like, hey, they were so inspired that I was drawing that they wanted to draw. And so what did they do? They drew. And shouldn't we, like, even as adults, do that? You see someone doing something awesome that you want to do, just start doing it. So... I put more markers down there. I pulled more paper out in the scroll and more kids showed up. I mean, over the course of the six hours that I was there, probably 50 or 60 kids showed up, each one contributing their own individual piece of art to the scroll, which now is about 20 feet long. Oh, yeah. And it's got some amazing art on it. I was looking at it with you today and I couldn't believe some of the really well-articulated pieces that are among all of these different styles, colors, Mm -hmm. It was magnificent. I was inspired all over again. Well, and that piece is priceless. It is, because like, guess what? It could never happen again. Right. It's an amazing, magical thing. It actually is probably the best thing that came out of that Maker Fear for me. Better than the art I created. I don't know about that, but yeah, it's pretty good. Well, hey, more pure in its essence. Yes. I yeah. will take that. Out of, out of the pens of babes. <laughs> I'd like to think of myself as a good storyteller. Yes, you are. And I think one of the reasons for that is when I was a kid and I was reading a lot. So that's one way that these stories kind of 
you know, a turn of phrase really impresses you and maybe you incorporate that mm-hmm. into your day to day. But also in my fantasy life, whether it was, you know, sexual in nature or erotic in nature um, or later on, just like I want to be a rock star or I want to be a famous writer or any of those things. I had to create like in my head, I couldn't just jump into the sack or I couldn't just get on stage. I had to have a backstory for all of these things. I had to create like, okay, well, obviously I'm on the swimsuit uh, shoot. Uh, why am I there? Am I the photographer? Am I the photographer's assistant? Do I work at the resort that they're at doing the photography? What kind of emergency comes up that throws me and the model and or models together in order to, you know, something for it was so much. It was so much. It seems like a complicated path to the sack. It was a uh, very complicated. And even the music one was like, okay, Obviously, Dave Matthews and I met when we were younger and we had a falling out over a woman and she later passed away. And obviously there's this thing between us that we never. And then I go to one of his shows and he calls me on stage. I don't know why Dave Matthews of all people. Just someone famous. Just someone Could famous. be anyone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there were all these things in my head running around. And I feel like that having to create these foundations for all my stories made me think about ways to tell stories and things that I can pull in very easily when I'm telling a story. You have a very natural improv mind Yeah, for you to be able to tell the story of something that you look at. You know what I want to do with you, buddy? I want to go out to a park and tell other people's stories to each other. And this is what we do because I've done this with a number of my friends, improv and otherwise. You pick a couple on a bench and you just start telling each other the story of that couple. That's Myrtle. Oh, so you're Myrtle's, people watching. Yes, and, Myrtle's yeah. been in love with Fred for the last 42 years. But Fred recently had an affair. That's why she's facing away from him on the bench. She's feeding those pigeons like she's really interested, but she's listening hard for what he's thinking. You know, and so little things like that where it's like, it's, I have no idea what these people's stories are, but to use your imagination and apply it that way, it's like improv practice. And you do it naturally. It's like, you bet you couldn't even control it. I think that's going to probably... Oh, no, I would absolutely just keep going. Yeah, and yeah. so it happens inside. You decide when to um, I'll expose that to the rest of the world. And, uh, and guess what? Most often, you have to admit, people are relatively delighted with your clever mind. Yes, I and. am. <laughs> yes, and, oh, nice. <laughs> yes, and. End with the ultimate improv principle. Exactly. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Nick and I hope you enjoyed this episode of our favorites from the first 50 Daily Doses. And we hope you're enjoying all of what we bring to you in the universe. Without you guys... We'd just be two guys having conversations into microphones for no reason at all. Thank you, awesome listeners, for giving us a reason. Let's hear it for another 50! I've got the joy, 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 joy. Any song can be really creepy if you do it slow enough. What was that song? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. <laughs> down in my heart. Do you sing? You sound down like you could in sing. My 
Heart. That is scary. just in the shower that's like, and in the car. That's like a you turned that song into a, an Edgar Allan Poe story. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. yeah, any song. I don't care how joyful the song is, how happy it makes you. Okay, so what's the most joyful song that you can think of right now? Like "You Are My Sunshine." Let's try it. Here we go. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't don't take my sunshine away. Wow, that was creepy. That was super creepy. And but kind of beautiful too at yeah. the same time. Yeah. We'll save that for Halloween. Okay, good. <laughs>